Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 21 and 20 of 365 Days. Not sure why I reversed the number order there. Maybe it's just because I'm excited because it's the end of this fucking book. It's the end! We made it! I hope you've all gotten in your predictions about what will happen. Let's get straight into it. So where we left off, Olga... Everyone's favorite character. She's come to visit Laura. The wedding is in a few days. We're waking up and it's Wednesday morning. They're meant to be married on Saturday. Feels like things are going very fast. She says they're having breakfast, even though it's too late to call it that. Because they spent the morning in bed doing nothing until noon. She loves having a late breakfast that's actually lunch. I'm surprised the young Italian wasn't like knocking on a door, force feeding her eggs, because remember that happened last chapter and she wasn't happy about it. So Laura says to Olga, I'm seeing a gyno today, but the visit's been booked in your name. And Olga's like, where? And she says, I don't know how deep Massimo's control reaches. The plan is to tell him that you forgot your birth control pills and we had to go to the clinic. Then he won't be suspicious of why we're at the clinic if he checks where I am. She says, if he checks where I am, as if he didn't last chapter, just say, oh, there's an app on my phone that tracks your every movement. And Olga says, you're out of your fucking mind. He'll find out, but we can do it your way, whatever. (laughs) And Laura's like, cool. Well, what we'll do is while we're in town, we'll go wedding dress shopping. And yeah, I should say, so it's Wednesday. You have three sleeps until the wedding. So she calls Massimo and she just fills him in on the Olga's birth control pill storyline that she's trying to run. And he's like, yeah, cool. And then he says that for their wedding, they won't have a wedding party, just a very private ceremony. (laughs) What's the point then? What's the point then? Go to Vegas. So then Massimo's like, oh, I just wish I were home. Home is where I'm with you. I just miss being with you. And she says, I'd really started missing him, but only realized that when I dialed his number. Well, no, that's not the case because last chapter you were saying how much you missed him when you were hugging the envelopes close to your chest that he was leaving around the house. All you've done is talk about how much you miss him, but she didn't realize it until she dialed his number. And then he's like, oh, I need to go. I might be off the grid until Friday, but don't worry. Just use the app on your phone to track me if you feel the need. He's going to be off the grid until the day before their wedding. And then she's hugging the phone. She's always hugging everything. And Olga's staring at Laura and Olga's thinking, wow, she really loves him. But it's Olga. So of course she makes it vulgar. Vulgar Olga. She says, you'd hear his voice over the phone and you suddenly look like you'd give him a blowjob through the receiver. If only that was an option. She looks like she'd give him a blowjob through the receiver. Ah, vulgar Olga. So then they want to get dressed up for the gyno. 
They want to look like Vogue babes. So they get ready and she's putting on her Givenchy boots and a black bandeau dress. I'm not sure what that word is. B-A-N-D-E-A-U. Bandeau. I don't think it's a brand name because it's not capitalized. Okay, so it's just a, a type of dress. That's not that interesting. But Olga, she chose the rich hooker style outfit. So she's wearing the shortest possible high-waisted Chanel shorts that barely covered her butt and a top of the same color. And she's wearing big stilettos with a pair of white rim sunglasses. We didn't look like a pregnant girl and a broke friend, that's for sure. So they go to the gyno and the doctor's like, you are definitely pregnant. Six weeks, it seems, considering the sonogram and the tests. Six weeks. So that means she got pregnant like two weeks into her 365 days. And then he says, the fetus is developing correctly, but I'm a bit worried about your heart disease. There may be some issues during birth. We need to consult a cardiologist and change your medication. Also, no stress. We don't want any strong emotions or anxiety for you, young lady. How patronizing. This doctor's such a prick. No stress, young lady. You've got a baby. I don't think just telling someone no strong emotions, don't stress, helps them not to stress. Also, how does he know about the heart condition? I guess she must have told him. I'm worried about your heart disease. What is this heart disease? Can somebody fill me in? And she says, I have a question. Why am I losing weight? And the doctor says, ah, you know what? That can happen sometimes. You might gain or lose weight in the beginning of a pregnancy. You need a balanced diet and don't overeat. But when you don't have an appetite, make sure you eat something. The child needs food to grow. Talk about a mixed message. Don't overeat, but also eat, even when you're not hungry. But don't overeat, even if you are hungry. God, pregnancy sounds tough. And then, of course, Olga says, what about sex? (laughs) And the doctor's like, you can have as much sex as you want. And he says it with a friendly smile. I feel like this doctor's a perv. So then they leave and Laura says, Jesus, it's good everything's fine with the baby. I drank so much during those last weeks. Oh, and the drugs. And Olga's like, drugs? And she's like, ah, yeah. And she tells her the story about the ketamine and the ex-boyfriend. And Olga says, what a prick. I've always told you he was an asshole. I wish he died. The fuck? And Laura's like, "Ah, yeah, (laughs) totally wish he died. Knowing full well that he did die. But she doesn't tell Olga that part. So then they go wedding dress shopping and a dress for Olga. And they go from store to store, but they don't find anything that she could wear. Meanwhile, Olga is lugging close to a dozen bags like some kind of fashion frenzied vagabond. So she only needed one dress, but she's, she's making good use of that credit card and good for her. So after going to a bunch of stores, Domenico says, oh, you know what? I'll just take you to my friend's shop. She's a great designer. And she designs wedding gowns. Why would that not be your first point of call? It's like, oh, coincidentally, my friend designs wedding dresses. And you guys are looking for a wedding dress. Why are we here in Victoria's Secret and Gucci? And he says, we'll have lunch there and then find you something. I'm sure she'll have what you want. Well, then why why are we starting at the end? So they get to this purple door and Domenico just punches in the code and they go upstairs. And Laura's thinking... He must know the owner well if she lets him pop by her workshop like that. So suddenly Laura's noticing things. The most unobservant person on earth, she's finally noticing things. So she says it was the most magical place she'd ever been to. The house was a large open space supported only on several pillars, decorated with cotton ball lights in white and grey. How does, how does Blanca come up with 
the descriptions for places. Cotton ball lights. So then a woman comes out. She's tall, she's slim, and she's incredibly beautiful. And she has unnaturally large lips and enormous eyes like a Japanese manga doll. She was simply perfect. Dressed in a short skirt that brought out her impossibly long legs and very small breasts. (laughs) She's always got to tell us when someone's got small tits. So then Domenico walks over to the woman and they embrace for a few seconds standing in each other's arms. And then she's like, hi, I'm Laura. And she's like, oh, I know who you are. You even look better with blonde hair. I've seen your face on dozens of paintings in Massimo's house. And immediately, Laura gets jealous. She says the words wiped the smile from her face. She's like, (gasps) Massimo's house, why'd she been there? Does she know Massimo? And then she's starting to get stressed out about it, which is, you know, bad for the baby and for her heart condition. And then this girl, Emmy, she says, Domenico, how's your brother Massimo? I haven't seen him in a while. I'm sure he could use some new suits. And Laura says, brother? And she's frowning and staring at Domenico. And he's like, yeah, Massimo and I had the same father. We're half brothers. I can tell you about it if you'd like back home. But for now, let's just look at dresses. What? She didn't know that they were brothers? We've known that all along. This is what I'm saying. She's the most unobservant person. She didn't even know Domenico and Massimo were brothers. We knew this. He even said last chapter, he said, oh, it's not for family to interfere when he said he won't tell Massimo that she's pregnant. What did she think he was talking about? I just think she had her blinders on with this Domenico guy and paid him no attention because he was practically the hired help. She didn't even know that they were brothers. We knew that. Chapter one, we knew that. And it's not like she just met Domenico and it's like, oh yeah, you sort of forget these things. They've hung out. Remember, they were in Venice spending days and days together, drinking and chatting. She never once asked him about his life, I bet. And she's standing there wondering what was more interesting, Emmy's relation with Massimo or the fact that Domenico was my fiance's brother. She really was blindsided by that. And then Emmy's like, oh, what would you like? Anything specific? And Domenico says, surprise us, my love. And then he slaps Emmy on the butt and her jaw drops. She said, I had been sure he was gay until now. And then she says, wait a minute, explain something to me. I'm lost. Who are you all to each other? (laughs) So apparently he's not gay. I'm shocked by that one because I was getting the gay vibes, but I'm reading this through her perspective. It's a first person narrative. So yeah, she was giving me the gay vibes about Domenico, but it just reinforces my point that Yeah, she did not ask him a single question about his life ever. He's got like a whole girlfriend living in town and it never came up because she never asked him any personal questions. She just asked him to make bookings for lunch. And also you're not in a position to make them explain anything. Just because you think someone's gay and he's not gay doesn't mean that they owe you an explanation about why he's not gay. And then Emmy, she laughs and she's like, oh, we're friends. Our families have known each other for years. Massimo and Domenico's father was best friends with my dad. I even had a crush on Massimo back in the day, but he wasn't interested. So I allowed the younger brother to take his place. And then she kisses him on the cheek. And then she says, if you need specifics, yes, we sleep together. (laughs) Well, no, she doesn't need specifics. Why are you offering up these specifics? And then she says, a bit less often since you've arrived, but we manage. And then she says, want to know anything more or shall we pick you a dress? I don't fuck Massimo if that's your next question. I prefer my men younger. What a monologue. What a powerful monologue. Laura just said, explain this. And she said, oh, you want an explanation? I'll give you a whole big chunk of explanation. She likes to fuck young men. And it seems like they're not dating, but they do sleep together. Yeah, we really needed to know this while you were wedding dress shopping. 
And like the wedding's in three days. Can we pick up the pace with getting a dress, please? And what's Laura feeling? She's feeling relieved that she doesn't have a threat for Massimo's attentions. Bitch, he's got portraits of your face hanging up. He's not interested in anyone else. And what does she say? She says she wants her dress to be lace. She wants it to be lace, light and sensual. And Laura says, well, you know what? Coincidentally, I made a dress just recently that's exactly like that. And so 10 minutes later, she's struggling into the dress. (laughs) It, it, It fits. It fits. It's a perfect fit. She walks out and Olga says, fuck me sideways. You look so beautiful, honey. (laughs) And she's crying while she's saying that. Like she's actually emotionally touched and she's saying, fuck me sideways. And then she's looking in the mirror and she's speechless. She says, for the first time in my life, I had a wedding dress on. It was the most beautiful thing I'd seen. I thought she'd been trying on dresses all day, but no, this is the first time she's had a wedding dress on and it just miraculously fits. That never happens. And it wasn't pure white, just slightly delicately peach colored, which I think is appropriate because it'd be a bit cheeky for Laura to be wearing an all white wedding dress since she's the most impure person. And the dress featured a bare back and was covered with thin lace. It was tight fitting from the waist up. There was a perfect V-shaped neckline that went perfectly with her small breasts, allowing her to wear no bra. Perfectly with a small breast. She is so proud of her small breasts. And Emmy's like, you need a veil. It needs to cover your back because, you know, we're in Sicily and the priests are crazy about those things. So they need a veil to cover her bare back. But the V-shaped neckline pointing towards her small breasts, that's fine. So she gets a veil, she puts it on and she's like, yeah, that'll, that'll make the priest happy. So then she takes off the dress. That's, that's settled. She picked the first one she tried on. And then they go and have like a seafood lunch that's been set up. I'm glad she's having the lunch after the fitting because when Domenico was like, let's have lunch, then we'll try on some dresses. I was like, that's the other way around, bud. And she must have to do some touch-ups because Emmy says it'll be ready tomorrow. Well, I should hope so. The wedding's in a couple of days. And so while they're having lunch, Domenico and Emmy are just flirting outrageously. He's whispering things into her ear, making her lick her lips lusciously, which is making Laura jealous. And she's jealous because she thinks her and Massimo can't have public displays of affection. She says, it was highly likely we wouldn't be able to behave like this with other people present. What do you mean? On that car trip in Poland, you were fucking him every hour on the side of the road while the security watched on. I don't think you guys are very shy. You're not wilting flowers when it comes to PDA. And then Olga's like, well, what about me? With all those things you bought me, there still isn't a single thing that would match your dress. Does a bridesmaid's dress have to match the bride's dress? I'm not too sure about that. But Emmy puts down her fork and she says, I can see the hooker style is something you're familiar with. (laughs) So she's just called Olga a hooker. And she says, but that won't do. Not in the church Massimo's picked out. Try this on. And she gives Olga a dress. So then Olga tries on this dress, which is the same color as Laura's, but with a different length and shape. It's a pencil dress with shoulder straps made of delicate silk. Very elegant, perfect for Olga's shape. Large round backside, flat belly and large breasts. (laughs) Very elegant. I also don't think it's common for the maid of honor to also be wearing a white dress at a wedding, even if it is tinged with peach. And then Laura is sighing with relief because she's ready for a big day. So then they go to leave. Domenico's staying back to bang his girlfriend. And the girls, they want to go for a walk. So Domenico's like, I'll call ahead to security, meet them downstairs. Please be safe on your way downstairs. So they get down the stairs, they wait for the stone-faced bodyguards, and then they head down a random street. 
And Laura says, would you ever move here, Olga? And she's like, hmm, I don't know. Nothing keeps me in Poland, but also there's not really much here for me except for you. Besides, I don't like change. And so then Laura just has this huge memory of when they'd been living in Warsaw, having moved there to escape Pietra's pathological love. And when she got to Warsaw, she had two job options. There was a job as a manager of a five-star hotel, but with the wages of a part-time worker. And then there was also a beauty salon that wanted her as a new stylist. And she'd have to serve rich, haughty old crones, but she'd earn three times more than she would have being the manager of the hotel. But in the end, she picked the hotel. And she says, after that, there had been other hotels and other failed relationships. When you work in that industry, your job is your life. There's no time for anything else. And she says, the choice between your job and the person you love is a constant struggle. It's exhausting. So you fuck up either your relationship or your job. I don't know why we're thinking all about this. But she says, in the end, I decided to be single and climb the steps of the corporate ladder. Finally reaching the position of sales manager. But that's when she decided to quit and look for something more worthwhile. And that's when she was with Martin. And Martin was happy for her to quit because he just wanted a full-time cook and cleaning lady. Why did this come up? Why is any of this being discussed? Because Olga just said she probably wouldn't move to Sicily because she doesn't like change. And all of a sudden we're getting the whole rundown on Laura's career choices. All of a sudden out of nowhere. And then she's like, how am I going to manage? I can't tell my mum. Massimo's parents are dead. They died in a boat accident. She says it was probably an attack, but it was never proved that anyone else had something to do with the explosion. I feel like that might be important because it clearly wasn't an accident. Then she says, the only member of his family I've ever met is Domenico. (laughs) Yeah, but you only knew he was his brother like five minutes ago. And Olga says, why did they hide the fact that they're brothers? And she says, oh, I don't think they've been hiding it. They just didn't tell me and I didn't think to ask. I think you knew, Laura. I think you knew. I think we all knew. And then we're getting more backstory about Laura as a character. I don't know why Blanca thought, you know what? It's the second last chapter. Why don't we give Laura some backstory and explain her motivations? (laughs) We've gone far enough through this book without it. We've been fine without it. So why is she cramming it in now? Not too sure. But Olga says, remember Marius's? That's Marius with a Z at the end. She says, remember Marius's, the guy from real estate? He got you a guardian too, no? That was a weird one, right? Total psycho. It's like, what? She had another ex-boyfriend that, that got her a guardian? What's that, like a, like a security guard? And then Laura tells us in narration, she says, I used to go out with a guy who really liked to show off. He lived above his means. But in the beginning... There was one situation when he told us that he couldn't go with us to a club, but he'd send his man with us instead. He gave the guy some cash to pay for our drinks and so on. But at some point he had one too many and it turned out he was a psycho. He started hitting on Olga and making scenes and shouting and swearing. But because they knew all the bouncers, they kicked this guardian out of the club with a black eye and he was crying like a baby. What? What is this story? What purpose does this story serve? How many exes does Laura have? She just told us that her career was so demanding she didn't have time for a love life, yet she's got this string of exes. And then Laura's like, yeah, that was pretty intense, but what about that time we went to a club and everyone thought we were hookers? And Olga's like, oh yeah, we wore white and that guy had his birthday. What a party. They're always wearing white. And Laura says, well, that's all going to change now. I'll have a child, a husband, the whole package, all that in only two months. 
Well, well, no. Um, you'll have a husband at the two-month mark, but you'll just be pregnant. You won't actually have the child yet. That's still, that's still a while away. And then they talk about maybe needing a nanny. And then Olga jokes that Massimo will keep Laura locked up in a cellar just to be sure, and they laugh at that, even though I don't think that's a laughing matter because I do think that's in the realm of possibility. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then they walked for an hour reminiscing, and then they said to the bodyguards, hey, take us home. And that's the end of that chapter. And now we move on to the final chapter. <sighs> Will it be a wedding? Will it be a wedding? No, it won't be. So she starts this chapter saying it's the next day and she's waking up alone. So this is Thursday, Thursday before the wedding. And she's waking up and it's 1 p.m. 1 p.m. And she says, oh, you know what? The doctor had said something about sudden exhaustion. Apparently it was natural for someone in her current state. She says, in my current state, just say pregnant. So she goes out to the garden. There's Domenico sipping on a coffee. And she's like, where's Olga? And so the young Italian takes out his cell phone and dialed a number. And then a a moment later, a boy joined them bringing her tea with milk. And he says, Olga's sunbathing on the beach. I don't know why he had to pause from her question of where's Olga to take out his phone, order a tea, wait until the boy came with the tea. Did the boy make the tea at the moment that Domenico made the call? So was it just like getting steeped in hot water for four to five minutes? And then they brought it out and then he answered her question. What the hell? And he says, Olga sunbathing on the beach. Why did that have to wait for the tea ordering charade? Domenico says, do you want breakfast? 
even though it's 1pm, he's still saying breakfast. And she's like, oh, no, I'm not hungry. Even though the doctor just said, even when you're, even when you're not hungry, you should still eat. So then she walks towards the wharf to catch up with Olga and she sees the motorboat and she remembers her panicked flight from the shower from the horny Massimo and his hard cock. Remember that time they were in the shower together and she ran trying to escape and she went to the motorboat. So it's just, just so many memories around this estate. So many beautiful memories. And Olga says, why are you looking at that poor boat as if you'd like to fuck it? And she hears the voice and then sees Olga half naked emerge from the water. Everyone's always surprising her with their voice. And Olga's like, you two fucked on that boat, didn't you? <laughs> so then Olga's like, let's do some sunbaking. And she says, I didn't know if I could even sunbathe. I hadn't thought to ask the doctor. Can I sunbathe pregnant? Uh, bitch, I don't know. I guess so. Wh- I'm thinking just fucking Google it. And then Olga says, how the fuck will I know? Just Google it. <laughs> so, God, I love Olga. And apparently you can't. Apparently Google said no. Apparently a pregnant woman's skin is overly sensitive and the sun may irritate it, causing discoloration. Besides, the body quickly dehydrates in the sun, which is detrimental to the child. I mean, sunbaking's probably not the best thing for anybody to be doing. So yeah, it's not good while you're pregnant. It's not good ever. And Olga is just not having it. She says, you've binged on wine like crazy and you were pregnant for a while now. How is a bit of sun going to top that? Also the ketamine. She says... Uh, well, now that I know I'm pregnant, I'm not going to risk getting an ugly hormonal splotch on my chin or something. So she's not worried about the health and safety of the unborn child. She's not worried about any fetal defects. She's worried about getting an ugly hormonal splotch on her chin. Oh boy. So instead of sunbaking, they decide to go to the day spa that they were given the voucher for. So Domenico gets her cherry Porsche out for her and he's like, please don't speed ahead of the security detail behind you. And she's like, nah, nah, I won't. So they get in and what do they always do when they're in a fancy car in this book? What does Laura always comment on? She comments on the amount of buttons on the dashboard. And Olga says, who the fuck needs so many buttons? And Olga's like, why do you need so many fucking buttons? What does this one do? And Laura's like, don't push it. It'll catapult us through the roof or something. It's probably just a seat warmer, but yeah, sure. It'll catapult you through the roof. And then she's trying to touch all these other buttons. And Laura's like, seriously, don't touch the buttons. There's a whole big skit about the buttons. And so she drives off and what does she do? She starts speeding ahead. So the security guards struggle to keep up. The one thing she knows she shouldn't do, she's been told not to do this, but she's doing it. And then, oh God, the anti-feminism strikes again. Or maybe it's not anti-feminism, it's just straight up misogyny. She says, I drove weaving between other cars, overtaking them all. I was suddenly glad that I had learned how to drive from a man. My dad had always taught me to drive safely and steadily. Dad's lessons hadn't meant to make us road hogs, but to prepare us to react to any danger on the road. What, what the fuck's that got to do with him being a man? Are you saying women can't drive? I think that's what she's saying. Women can't usually drive unless they're taught by a man. Oh, this book's disgusting. And then of course, because she's speeding and driving like crazy, the cops try and pull her over. So she pulls over, couple of cops get out and she doesn't know what they're saying because they're speaking in Italian and she still hasn't learned. Remember, because she's only going to start learning Italian on the honeymoon. But she figures they're asking for her license and registration papers. So she pulls them out. So I'm glad her Polish license lets her drive in Italy. I I guess that's what's happening here. But she doesn't have her license. She's left it at home. And Olga says, well, 
In that case, I should probably go and give those two a blowjob. <laughs> Always the friend you want in a pinch. Trouble with the law? Have your friend offer to give them gobbies. That'll solve everything. And then the bodyguards caught up with the cops. And so they come up to the cops and they shake hands. And she thinks, huh, it looks more like a meeting between colleagues than a police inspection. They talked for a bit and then the officer came back up to the car and he said, scusa. And Olga's thinking, God, he even apologized. That's weird. Is it really that weird that the cops in Sicily are corrupt and under the influence of the mob? (laughs) I'd believe it. It's probably one of the more believable things to have happened in this book. And then one of the security guards says to Laura being like, you need to slow the fuck down. Don't try and lose us again. And then she says, the rest of the way passed without incident. We took our time. The spa was luxurious and opulent. So they're at the spa. What was the point of this RBT highway patrol little scene that we just got given? What was the point of that? So much happens in this book that is just pointless. And luckily... The spa offered a wide range of treatments and rituals, including options for pregnant women. So she didn't have to Google whether this would be harmful for the fetus. And she says, we spent almost five hours there. And she says, hearing that, a man would have thought us crazy, but a woman knows how long it takes to really take care of herself. So again, with the men are from Mars, women are from Venus bullshit. So she says, scrubs, massages, facials, pedicures, manicures, and hairdressing. Thinking about Saturday's ceremony, I picked colors similar to that of my wedding dress. I needed to be ready for the occasion. Colors similar to that of a wedding dress. Your wedding dress is white. Your wedding dress is white. And apparently the hairstylist, his name was Marco, and he was as gay as it got. He was as gay as it got. Well, we know now her gaydar is pretty shit. So is she sure of that? Or is he just a male in a non-traditionally male setting but she says he dealt with the dye perfectly so he must have been gay and that took five hours she says and she woke up at one so i'm assuming it's about what 7 p.m right now and then she's finally having some some dinner on the terrace and olga's like yeah this is your first meal of the day um you know the doctor told you that you have to eat right and laura's like oh give me a break I constantly want to throw up. Besides, I'm already nervous with the wedding in just a couple of days. So she doesn't eat when she's nervous. So are you telling me you're not going to eat for the next like three days? Like she's worried about a massage or a seatbelt or sunbaking hurting the fetus. But she's just had a doctor tell her you should eat even when you're not hungry. And she's refusing to. Actual doctor's advice, not going to listen to it. But Dr. Google telling her that she can't sunbake. That's the word of God. That's gospel. And Olga's like, you know what? If you've got doubts, you don't have to do this. And she says, no, I love Massimo. I want to marry him. I want to tell him we're going to have a child. I'm tired of keeping it a secret. And then she does eat. I think she goes a bit overboard, actually. She has an appetizer soup, a main course, and then dessert. And she says she's waddling back to the car and that she's nauseous, this time from overeating, which is, again, something that the doctor explicitly said she should not do. He said, eat when you're not hungry and don't eat when you're hungry or something like that. I mean, it was confusing, but pretty much she just said, eat like a normal human being and she's not doing that. So she gets into the car, the bodyguard car follows behind her. She's driving along the slopes of Mount Etna, just watching the majestic mountain and the stream of lava running down its summit. And she says, it was an incredible and terrifying view. And with her eyes on the spectacle, They should be on the road, but her eyes are on the spectacle. She didn't notice the black SUV gaining on her. And when she turns to glance in the mirror, the car lurched because they were hit from behind by the black SUV. And she's like, what the hell are they doing? 
So she's stepping on the accelerator. She tosses her bag to Olga and says, find my phone and call Domenico. So Domenico answers and she's like, Domenico, they're chasing us. And he's like, what? Who? She's like, our bodyguards went crazy. They're trying to push us off the road. What do I do? And he's like, oh, it's not them. They called me five minutes ago saying you're still at the spa. And so then she's feeling a chilling wave of terror wash over her. Gee, don't you think it would be handy if they were tracking her with the tracking app that's on everybody's phones and with a little tracker in her arm and tracking the car? I don't know why everyone's so shocked she's not at the salon because she is in the car that Massimo has told us has trackers in it as well as her arm. And did the bodyguards just like not see them leave the salon? How did they slip away? They're not very subtle people. I can imagine Olga was walking out of the salon being like, fuck, that was nice. But no, the bodyguards didn't notice. And then some fake bodyguards have been following him this whole way. And Domenico's like, okay, we're sending the bodyguards to you. Listen to me. I don't know who's chasing you, but they probably can't go as fast as your Porsche. So you know what? We said don't speed, but go for it. And Domenico is just, he's good in a crisis, but also... I'd be freaking out because he's saying the security team is 20 miles behind you. After you take this ramp on the left, there's going to be a toll booth. So you have to slow down. But if they catch up to you, don't roll down the windows or step outside. The car's bulletproof. So stay inside the car. And she's like, whoa, they're going to shoot me. And he's like, I don't know. All I'm saying is stay inside the car. And oh, she says her heart is pounding. We all know that's a bad sign. Is anyone else getting the vibe that like the stress is going to make her lose the baby? I feel like that's the direction we're going in. And then she's almost close to the toll booth. And Domenico must have organized for another team of people to meet her at the toll booth. And he's like, yeah, there'll be a black BMW with Paolo in it. You know, Paolo. How she keeps all her Italian men with names starting with O separate, I don't know. But she knows who Paolo is. I can't, I don't know the difference between Paolo, Mario, Marco, Carlo. They're all the same to me, but this one's Paolo. And she knows who Paolo is. So she sees them. She skids to a halt, nearly hitting the security detail. (laughs) But then Paolo, he opens the door, pulls, pulls Laura out of the Porsche and tosses her inside of his car. He got behind the wheel and then drove through the toll booth. And so now she's trying to, you know, calm down her racing heartbeat. And then she's like, oh shit, what about Olga? <laughs> she completely forgot about Olga. But one of the other security guards must have shoved her into the front seat. So she's safe. Thank God. Protect Olga at all costs. But Olga is very stressed. She's like, what the fuck was that, Laura? So then they get taken back to the mansion. So, so crisis over, apparently. I don't know why the other black SUVs not chasing them down now. Unclear, but they're back at the mansion. She's hugging Domenico and he's like, don't worry, the doctor's on his way. I really think she might've lost the bub. But then the doctor gets there 20 minutes later, checks her blood pressure and gives her some heart pills. Heart pills, just generic heart pills. Over the counter heart pills. And then he looked at Olga and Olga must just be stressed out of her brain because he gives her some tranquilizers and sleeping pills, a double shot. And then Domenico takes her off to bed. And while they're gone, the doctor says, hey, you should go see a gyno right away. But she just disregards that doctor's advice. She says, you know what? I feel fine. Um, I'm sure the baby's okay. The collision with our car wasn't that serious. The seatbelt only grazed my collarbone, not really tightening over my belly. You know, doesn't matter. And so then Domenico's like, you need to tell me everything that happened. And he's like, I don't know. We left the spa. The valet passed me the keys to the car. And he's like, what did the valet look like? And she goes, I don't know, like an Italian. (laughs) And I feel like even though it's the last chapter, we've come full circle. Remember, because she kept describing people at the start of the book as being looking like Italians, acting like Italians. She's always hated Italians. But Domenico, he's furious. 
So he walks out, he heads towards the bodyguards, the ones that fucked up. They're just parking their car in the driveway. And as soon as one of them gets out of the car, Domenico punches him in the face and then punches another one to the face and then he's kicking them while they're on the ground. And then the the other security detail, the good ones, they hold the driver down while Domenico pummels him with his fists. So he's beating the shit out of these guys. And Laura's like, Domenico, no, stop. And he's like, Meh, my brother will kill them anyway. So he just gets up and leaves them unconscious being like, Meh, they're dead anyway, who cares? And Laura's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she just rolls with the punches, literally rolling with the punches. But it's at this point where Laura's starting to feel the medication work. So she's feeling dazed and sleepy. And then Domenico also gives her a mug of hot cocoa. And then she goes to sleep. She just goes to sleep. But then she's woken up in the middle of the night and she realizes that the armchair next to the bed was occupied. And she's like, (gasps) but it's Massimo. And she doesn't say anything. She's unsure if she's still asleep or if this was really happening, even though she's just said she's woken up in the middle of the night. So of course you're awake. But then she says a few seconds passed before Massimo rose only to fall to his knees by the bed, resting his hand on my stomach. So I assume Domenico said, by the way, she's pregnant. And he says, I'm so sorry, my love. And she's like, you can't kill those security guards, okay? I've never asked you for anything, but now I'm begging. What do you mean you've never asked him for anything? I mean, you did ask him not to kill Martin. You might not have asked for any particular handbags, but you did ask for a few things there. She's like, I don't want anyone else to die because of me. And Massimo doesn't answer her because she's kidding herself if she doesn't think they're dead already. (laughs) Those guys are long dead. And he's like, it's my fault. And then he lies down next to her. And he says, I've let you down. I promised I'd protect you and that nothing bad would ever happen to you. I went away and you've just barely avoided death. Barely avoided death. Yeah, it was serious. But I mean, it was just a couple of guys in the car behind her giving her a bit of a fender bender. Barely escaped death. She's fine. She's fine. And then, uh uh-oh, Domenico starts saying, I don't know if it's a good idea for you to stay here, Laura. I love you more than anyone else in the world, but I can't bear the thought of you losing your life because of me. By bringing you here, I acted like an absolute egoist. And now with the situation so unstable, I can't be sure of anything. He doesn't regret kidnapping her. He just regrets that she's now in danger because of their relationship. Could have been solved if you didn't just kidnap her in the first place. Also, why did you make a move from Poland back to Sicily? That's, that's never been cleared up. But whatever that reason was, he's now going back on it. And he says, I think you need to leave for a while. There are going to be a lot of changes. And until they happen, you're not safe in Sicily. And she says, what are you saying, Massimo? You want to send me away two days before we're supposed to get married? Well, by my clock, this is early Friday morning. So it's actually one day before you're meant to get married, but whatever. And then he's like, do you even want to be married? Maybe I really should be alone, Laura. I chose this life. I didn't give you a choice. I'm condemning you to be with me to be in constant danger. And then he starts walking away and he says, it was stupid of me to think I could end any other way that we could be together. You deserve someone better, baby girl. Well, no no fucking shit. You kidnapped the poor bitch. And then she says, I can't believe it. And she's crying. She's running to catch up with him. And she says, now you start thinking about me after two months after proposing to me when I'm about to have your child. And that's the end of the book. Bit of a flat ending there, hey. So apparently he's, he's doing the New Moon, Edward Dump and Bella scenario because it's not safe. And we're also getting the Fifty Shades break up at the end of the first book scenario. So she's really ripping off both, both esteemed authors, E.L. James and Stephanie Meyer. I don't really know if I saw it going this way that we'd have a book called 365 Days and we'd only have two months. 
I really didn't. And then the whole last four chapters just amping up for this wedding that never happened. I feel like I've got blue balls, to be quite frank. Although I'm glad Massimo's dumping her. Although with her saying, when I'm about to have your child, things could change. Who knows what's going to happen? There is a sequel. As far as I know, it's still in Polish and hasn't been translated to English just yet. But I think it's coming out in like a couple of months. Oh boy. I'm going to have to read it, aren't I? That's the end of 365 days. It does feel a bit flat. I mean, we could read the acknowledgements. She says, acknowledgements. We all have someone in our lives who believes in us more than they probably should. For me, such a person is my sister by choice, Anna Makowitz. So she must be the Olga stand-in. And it's her fault for believing in her and pushing her to publish this book. Fucking Anna. And then she says, mum, dad, thank you for raising me to be who I am, a person who can talk about sex, love, and emotions. Okay. Weird thing to thank your parents for. Could have thanked them for anything else, but you know, they raised you to talk about sex. Mm. And then she says, but I owe the biggest thanks to the man who left me, broke my heart and inspired me to act, making it possible for you, dear reader, to hold this book now. And then then she puts down these initials. She says, KM, thank you. Now that's a flex. That's a fantastic little flex being like, oh, you dumped me. Well, guess what? I wrote a book. (laughs) And to almost name him, to to give him the initials, hilarious power move. And then there's an about the author and it says, Blanka Lipinska is one of the most popular authors and influential women in Poland. Influential. Then it says, she's an author out of desire rather than necessity and writes for fun instead of money. This is just the braggiest about the author. And she says, annoyed with the lack of openness about sex, she took it upon herself to start a discussion about the many sides of love. She likes to say that talking about sex is as easy as preparing dinner. Okay, like annoyed with the lack of openness about sex. Is there a lack of openness? And also the many sides of love. She's not talking about the many sides of love. She's talking about one fucked up abusive situation. Also, the Polish National Library have listed her in the top 10 most popular authors in Poland. What? One can only assume that Poland hasn't produced many authors because that's ridiculous. Ah, what a wild ride that was. The goal of this woman to write a book called 365 Days and only cover two months. That that astounds me. That astounds me. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. I think next week we might be looking at the movie. I haven't watched it yet. Very keen to whack it on. It's on Netflix if you guys want to watch it as well in preparation for next week's episode. And I'll see you then. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.